It is what it is podcast powered by the Riot Report. My name is Josh Klein. I am managing editor of said Riot Report. We are part of the Riot Network. I would say a proud part of the Riot Network. I'm proud. I'm certainly proud. Uh, don't don't chime in until I introduce you. Thank oh, you very much. This is my part of the podcast. Yeah. Uh, Riot Network. We've got the Keep Pound Den podcast. We've got the Roaring Riot podcast. We've got One Day Contract. And we would encourage you to go out there, pause this pod, download those, play this pod, then listen to all of those. All of that is powered by our friends over at Ortho Carolina, and we love them so much. They keep uh, keep us healthy, and uh, that's something that our guests uh, certainly has something to talk about. But before we get to our guests, and we're going to get to him very soon. He's just sitting patiently staring at me, and I love him. Uh, right to my right here, 90 Degrees, the hey. Roaring Riot ringleader. Zach Luttrell is back. So I can talk now. Yes. This is my, my go time. Yeah, it's your time. It's go uh, time, baby. I am back. It's been it's been a month since I've been here. Huh? I know. Yeah, yeah. You did two fun shows without me. Not as good as if I was here, but I think we can all agree with that. They were bees. You gotta be here. <laughs> uh but no, happy to be back. Happy uh, we got a fun guest today and uh it feels good coming back after a fun win. Yes. Coming back after Washington. I don't know if it would have been as fun, but hey, after this past weekend, I'm excited again. Absolutely. Well let's get let's get to our guest, uh running back for the Carolina Panthers. Fozzie Whitaker is here. Thank right. you so much for joining us, Foz. Thank you. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me. I appreciate you guys. Our pleasure. Our pleasure. So let's let's jump right into it. Um, you were born on a dark and stormy night. <laughs> no, <laughs> said that we were going to go through the whole life story. Tell us about your favorite teacher in elementary school. <laughs> I do um, still remember her name, Miss Bernstein. Do you? Oh, wow. Yeah. She got remarried, though, so I don't know what her new last name is. I feel like Bernstein, like I had a Miss Bernstein uh -huh. and when I was in elementary school, too. Like that's a, that's a real teacher name. Right. It seems, it seems like it's it. It's not Bernstein. Yeah. Do Bernstein. You, know, you know what you're talking The Bernstein Bears thing? The Bears, yeah. Have you heard about that? Oh, so, yeah. The, the spelling of it and yeah, 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 how yeah. people think it's... Isn't that wild? Is it an A or an E? I thought it was an E. Yeah, it's an E. It is an E, right? <laughs> no, it's an A. No. It's Baron Stain Bears. No, right. That's weird. Right. Yeah. I see now even we're talking about it, and I still don't believe that it's true. Exactly. Look it up. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to Google it. You guys talk amongst yourselves. Um, but you have, a, you have kids of your own now. Yes. Do you have... What are, what are, the, what are they into right now? Uh, my son, who's four, he'll be five in December, loves dinosaurs. Okay. Oh. So he talks about sharks and dinosaurs. Those are his two biggest things. He has, I don't know how many dinosaur toys. Every time he fills up, uh, what we do is he has like a, a do-good jar, mm -hmm. and we fill it up with marbles. And every time he fills up that jar with marbles of things that he's done well, whether it be potty training, making sure he takes out the dogs, and uh, chores around the house, cleaning up his toys after himself. Uh, once he fills up the jar, he gets a toy. Oh, I love almost, this idea. Oh, it, it's I have awesome. a three-year-old, awesome. and I'm going to steal that. That's yeah, fantastic. Definitely, definitely. It's just basically an award system. Yeah, for uh, sure. And, and it's been very productive for him. And, uh, you know, if he's not doing kind of what we want him to do, we're like, okay. Can he we, lose we a gotta marble? Take it, we got to take oh, a marble Oh, he can lose out. a marble. If, if, you, uh, if you're not listening or doing what we say. So we usually give him a warning before actually having to take it out. Right. It, it takes a little bit of time to uh, fill up the jar. So yeah. uh, he, he has multiple ways of, of getting marbles. But every single time he fills it up, just about probably 98% of the time, he's, he's going to go get a dinosaur. <laughs> and uh, he, he loves the Jurassic Park. Mm -hmm. uh, saga, all the movies Who he's watched. They're great movies. So he might be a little young for them, but he loves them. Yeah. And he, he just loves seeing it on film. So he, he gets the uh, little Endoraptor from the Jurassic World 2. Right. He bought that. He takes that everywhere he goes with them. Anytime we're in Walmart or Target or wherever, his thing is dinosaur. So my my little one, uh, she's about to be 20 months. So oh, wow. uh, be, be two in, in February. She is kind of i think ushered into the dinosaur era because her <laughs> older brother loves dinosaurs that much so she makes dinosaur noises she'll roar and do certain stuff like that and uh unicorns are her big thing as well so That's dinosaurs cool. and unicorns yeah fun fact actually uh the seattle playoff game i actually sat right in front of your family uh -huh. the game uh the game that didn't go in our favor right um but yeah i got to meet him there i'm pretty sure your son was was with yep, him as yep. well he at was, the game he was so uh, we were, really young then yeah so we were, we were doing some high-fiving and some hugging up until the very end right uh, yeah they, right. Were, they were great and um you know i've actually seen jasmine again since then and mm -hmm. she's always so nice and friendly so uh you know we yes, appreciate sir. you guys yes sir <laughs> 
Is there a is there a memory? I mean, obviously, there's the there's that Seattle game, not a great memory, but is there like one specific memory that you have in your Panthers career that you really that that you kind of treasure as your most is your favorite that um, you think of like a go to? One of my you, one of my retire? one of my favorite one of my favorite memories for sure was was my first year here, and uh, we were playing against Arizona in the uh, wild card race in 2014. And uh, Coach Skip threw me in to run a screen pass, and uh, we were able to basically put uh, the Cardinals away with with the uh, with that pass. So I was able to score a touchdown, and uh, that that was probably one of my most memorable moments because it was uh, a, a big time and a big moment. That was mm-hmm. first time for me being in the playoffs in my NFL career, and uh, first year being here uh, after after having to sit out for a few months once I was released from Cleveland in, in May. And uh, just that whole that whole year was a whole journey for me, uh, just trying to find my way where I was going to be, uh, figuring out my role on the team, and then uh, being in that position where I was able to to help the team win and and get our first playoff victory in a while. So uh, that that was a huge moment that I, I still for sure will cherish and uh, hopefully make some new memories with us winning the Super Bowl here. Uh, but uh, at the moment, that that was one of the things that I like look back on and was like, man, that was pretty cool. Is there a uh, when you're when you have those months when you're sitting out in between? Was there like a was there any time when you were like you know thinking about not moving on from football, but like you know maybe maybe this is the end of the road? So yeah, definitely that always comes up just because uh, especially with with my case, I I had tore my ACL in, in my senior year in college, mm-hmm. and I did it in in November. Uh, so it was late in the season. Uh, I, was, I had a micro fracture also on the inside of my knee, the medial side, which uh, basically literally put me out for a year. Uh, and, and it just was a lot trying to come off of surgery, trying to rehab, um, had projections of possibly getting drafted, going undrafted, not getting picked up by any team afterwards in free agency period or throughout OTAs and minicamp. Uh, having teams say, well, we liked you, but there's nothing that you will be able to provide for us this year since you're injured and still having to recover. So uh, I I went through a whole learning journey and process about myself, about kind of what I was passionate about outside of football that I would love to pursue once I'm done playing. Uh, Did some, uh, worked on some internship opportunities, was able to finish my master's in the spring uh, after my injury, it was it was it was uh, a lot of things that were going on that gave me just uh, uh, another view of life outside of football. So I'm appreciative of that moment. Now, obviously, I love playing football more sure. than anything else. Uh, so I enjoyed being back in the moment once I was signed by uh, the Cardinals onto their practice squad. And uh, uh, after that, man, I, I just wanted to make sure I took care of every every opportunity and, and take advantage of, of any any opening or opportunity that any team provided for me uh, moving forward because I kind of had felt what it was like to to be without football for a prolonged period of time and uh, it, it just like I said it, it was a learning period for myself on what I wanted to do after graduating and uh, just gave me I guess extra information for me to use sure what'd you get so. your master's in uh, general kinesiology with a concentration in sports management. So, wow. wait. So you uh, have yeah. a ma- you have a master's in kinesiology. That's like the um, that's like muscle muscle work, yep, right? Yeah, yeah, yep. The study is generally, I guess, termed the study of the body and through kinetic motion. Yeah, and uh, it, it really was an eye opener, learning about what and what everything entails within the body and how it affects it. And uh, we had to take some psychology classes in there. We had to take um, uh, most of, most of graduate work is really studying other studies that people mm-hmm. have already run and, and kind of finding biases and flaws with them and then kind of uh, applying that information into something that you maybe want to look at or, or do in the future. And so um, I, I learned a lot about how the body can be manipu- uh, manipulated, uh, how your mind can be manipulated to, to do what your body wants it to do. Um, especially with the injuries, the effects that the psychological effects that an injury has, especially one of tearing your ACL where you're out for a prolonged period of time, uh, being in that in those studies, man, it, it was really cool to see it from that aspect because 
you kind of don't get that side of the story. You get, oh, he tore his ACL, he'll be back. But yeah. nobody kind of really knows what effect what effects that has on you psychologically and mentally for somebody that's going through it and hasn't haven't experienced anything outside of of uh they only know football and right. they, and they don't really have any other options outside of that you know as as a collegiate athlete uh we don't have too many opportunities to go work internships or mm-hmm. or to have those uh extracurricular jobs or activities to do uh we're, we're usually busy either with practice or having to go to study hall uh, obviously having to go to class and uh, your body's just beat up, tired. Uh, it just, it's just not the same opportunities as if, uh, if we didn't have to worry about football. We probably could focus on some of the other things uh, that deal with life after football for us. So uh, it, it puts us ahead and behind mm-hmm. uh, the workforce uh, with, with people in our age or in our class. But at the end of the day, man, it, it's, it, it's nothing I wouldn't trade for, for playing football. Sure. And then being able to to make the connections and have the experiences that I've had with uh, who I call my brothers, people in the locker room, man, and that's that's something that you can't put a price on. So I learned a lot, though, for for sure, in, in my master's degree and uh, being able to apply it. And uh, hopefully, once I'm done playing, I'll still be able to utilize it and apply it somewhere. Do you think that? So you were saying that that it kind of it helps and hurts, obviously, because there's what there's probably you went to. Texas, right? So mm-hmm. there's probably 5,000 student athletes. Right. And, I mean, right. at it's, least it's, it's quite a few. Maybe 20 of those are professional athletes after college. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's right. such a huge difference. It's like when you have. So I went to school for communications and creative writing, aka the bartender's degree, mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> and uh, and so like you can. So you know, if you major in in communications, you know, 75. 60% of those students are going to go on to work in their field. Right. But when you're a student athlete, there's just such a small percentage of, of your, of success, right, you know? Right, right. And it's just, do you think that, do you think that students should like student athletes should have a little bit of a stipend? I mean, that's something that everybody's talking about right now. Well, definitely. Uh, the, the, the only problem that I see with that is every university obviously is different. And then where you live obviously affects how much that stipend should be also. Um, they obviously get a scholarship check now, which uh, helps offset the balance of rent and people right. that live off campus and things of that nature for groceries and all that. But um, whenever you look at it, so I went to the University of Texas. Uh, we, we are one of the top-ranked schools in, in uh, overall revenue. And so you kind of look at that and it's like, man, we're bringing in hundred over a hundred million plus like, yep. The athletes aren't necessarily seeing that. I know our education is paid for, which is, I'm grateful for that also. Uh, our books are paid for. Uh, we still have to take care of room and board after, if you move off campus, if you right. stay on campus, they take care of it. But, um, it just was, you see a number like that and you're like, man, that I, I think there's opportunity for us to be able to, Get get a piece of the pie, and uh, and the only reason why I think it's flawed to a certain degree is because every school obviously is not in the top tier of making that type of money. Right. And uh, football in Texas is is God, Mm -hmm. (laughs) so uh, there is a ton of love for football in Texas, which is I think why the revenue is so high. I think A and M was number one this year, and I believe we were number two uh, this past year as far as revenue overall. But that just shows you those two schools are both in Texas, which is yeah. uh, a huge uh, commitment. Does to that hurt Texas a little football. bit? That A&M it made does more hurt. money. It does <laughs> hurt because I, I think af- uh, after the after uh, this year, I think the numbers will, will flip back where we'll be back on top, right. especially with us doing so well. Uh, so I believe we'll be back on top on that. You know, they're, they're, I call them my little brothers. They, you know, sometimes they feel themselves. They <laughs> yeah, feel good about yeah, themselves. Yeah, that'll happen. But, Aggie pride. Uh, we got to put them back in their place. So <laughs> I think that um, that's that's the main flaw that I have is how would you make it a, a fair scale for those that obviously don't go to a big university uh, like the University of Texas? And uh, how, do, how do you measure compensation for people that are – Heisman hopefuls, people that are on the Heisman watch list versus uh, somebody else that's just now getting there and not getting the same amount of pub. Do you pay them the same? Do you sure. pay the Heisman guy 
X amount of dollars because he's more marketable and has proven, you know, what he's done and who selling he is. Selling jerseys and things right, like selling that. Jerseys, yeah. merch. Um, you know, that's that's the uh, I guess the issue that we run into, which is probably why the NCAA hasn't allowed that to happen, just because of so much disparity between each guy on the roster and then the right. disparity between each school and, and, and even each sport too. Yeah, in the sport for mm-hmm. sure, for sure. So um, it is just. I wouldn't know how to handle that personally right now without the research going through it and trying to figure it out. But uh, I would support it uh, yeah. just because I think, like I said, there's opportunities there for people to receive uh, some of the pie. Uh, but I just don't know, I guess, the first ways of going about handling that. So Right. Yeah, it just kind of seems like there are so many – I don't know, like so many players that are just like – they're they're hurting and they're making it makes their lives so much harder so you know when you have to go to class and then you go to the gym and then you have to go practice and it's like your whole life is is this team and all you get is books and a dorm room that's tough man yeah. like and, and we talked about the opportunities that are there where we we don't necessarily have the same opportunities to go work a job or mm-hmm. have extra money on our side or have internships just for job experience so I think a stipend or, or some type of pay to help offset that and give you a little cushion for, like you said, it's, it's only a certain amount of people that get to go play professionally once they're done. Uh, but that doesn't mean the amount of time and dedication spent through your college career wasn't, I guess, damaging for you after, after you're done playing football. So um, just to have some type of buffer, just just anything to help programs – uh, that'll give you opportunities. Uh, and there are some in place now, but I don't think every college athlete gets that. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it would be a, a, a cool thing, maybe to even spearhead it. Maybe I could go into that one day. Sure. Who knows? Uh, I, I love uh, sports administration. That's one thing that I've looked into is working at the collegiate level on sports administration. So if I could maybe do something of that nature, link up with somebody at UT, and mm-hmm. just go from there. Who knows? Uh, I think the sky would be the limit. But being able to offer information to those college kids, man, they're 18, 19, 20, 21 years old. Like, man, they're they're, they're in a world out on their own and mm-hmm. trying to figure out life. And, and it's the same way with everybody. But like I said, the opportunities are different as far as working, having having uh, jobs, or being able to create that experiences that that a lot of football players don't get just because of the time constraints to do the football. Yeah. We know we've obviously had a lot going on this year, and um, you know, getting back with rehab and stuff. But just you know, off the field, I saw recently you did an event. I, I remember uh-huh. seeing with Wilson. Was he involved at your event yeah, at Cowfish? Yeah, yeah, and yes, uh, so. yeah, so tell us a little bit about you know Fozzie's future heroes. Uh, you know how that got started, and yep. love to hear about that that recent uh, event. So uh, <coughs> Fozzie's Future Hero is the nonprofit that I run along with my wife and my mother. Uh, we put it together. Uh, basically to help out underprivileged kids uh, or kids that just may want the opportunities and don't have a, a means of, of just having opportunities. So it started off with football camp that I host every year. Uh, we've been doing it five years straight. I host one back in my hometown in Pearland, right outside, right on the south side of Houston. Right. And I host it at my high school football stadium, and uh, we usually do it the Saturday after uh, July 4th. Okay. And we just – I have Sounds hot and muggy. And it is very hot <laughs> in, in Houston. It is very hot, and uh, even in my camp, it's usually a three-hour camp, and I put a little thirty-minute window, twenty to thirty-minute window, where we go into the locker room, and I have the kids get off their feet, hydrate, stay in the cool air. Uh, we talk about nutrition during that time, mm. so uh, guys will know, you know, kind of what's good to fuel the body, what's the best ways to uh, come up with being the best athlete you can be. And uh, it, it all started with there, and I have an amazing team that helps put on that uh, camp for me each and every year. Um, we started doing one in Austin as well. Uh, I do I do that one uh, usually before my Houston camp, but uh, it kind of depends on dates and, and how things are going. But uh, I always do one in Austin and Houston, and then I, I just recently, last year, was able to do a fundraiser for Hurricane Harvey uh helping out with that because it it had such a huge dramatic effect uh went to a women women's shelter uh my wife and i did and uh just kind of talked to some of the people that own that shelter and just uh 
we felt like we, we could help them out in some way. Uh, they helped get women that were abused or in, in bad relationships with their husbands or significant other. And uh, they either had kids or they didn't have kids, but they didn't have nowhere to live. So they were either living on the streets and, and this woman of this shelter of this nonprofit organization takes a man to help get them back on their feet and get them uh, acclimated into working, finding a job and, and being able to uh, kind of live a quote unquote regular life. Uh, but helped out with that last year for Christmas. We were able to buy them a tree, gave them a donation uh, just to help out for, for Christmas and uh, help decorate um, this year we were able to uh, help out with hurricane florence that hit mm-hmm. uh had a devastating effect to those uh along the whole east coast but obviously north carolina and south carolina were hit pretty good so um i said man I, i'm i'm here i, I want to be able to help any way i can i was able to help raise funds for hurricane harvey last year in my hometown and i was like well this is my second home here so I sure. need to be able to be as vigilant in helping those that, that live here as well. So uh, we did the same fundraiser at Cowfish, uh, and I am grateful and thankful that Cowfish has partnered with me, uh, being able to, to have such a willing staff help. And the, the management and the ownership from there is, 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 is unbelievable. And, it seemed and like you got a good response they, from some of the players, definitely, too. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And I had a, uh, quite a few guys. I, I think I counted about 15 of my teammates or former teammates that I played with uh, showed up and was able to help out. Uh, and all we basically were doing is having fun. Yeah, sure. <laughs> we go out, serve people food. Uh, they're kind of they they kind of know what's happening. They don't know who they're going to get as a server, but right. uh, we we just were there to have fun, serve food, talk to people, take pictures. And uh, Cowfish donated three dollars of every entree ordered that night uh, to go to the foundation for the Carolinas, uh, as well as we had a silent auction. Some of the, some of my teammates were. Uh, grateful enough to uh, send me a pair of some cleats and mm-hmm. uh, signed by them to have a silent auction to help raise more funds and uh, just monetary donations that people just gave just because. Uh, and, and all those, like I said, went to the Foundation for the Carolinas, and uh, it, it really helped out, and especially having Pip have the same uh, funds go towards the right. same mm-hmm. community. Um, it, it was it was truly amazing seeing that turnout and, and seeing how much the people were affected by it and uh, just just helping, helping any way that I can, lending that hand. So uh, our next feat right now is back home in Austin. Uh, we're just in our neighborhood that we live in. We've been posting, uh, we're hosting like a canned food drive. Mm-hmm. And uh, on October 31st, Halloween, we have people that just, while you're out trick-or-treating, if you have some canned goods, drop them off at, at our drop-off location, and uh, we're going to distribute that uh, before Thanksgiving hits. So, uh people that are without food or or just kind of need help uh we can distribute that in any way that that they see fit so, right uh that's what we're currently working on and uh it's just i'm just blessed yeah and, and i'm trying to bless other people so god has saw favor in my life and uh i want to continue to be a, a beacon to others that hey man you can do anything that god tells you to do and if you got the help of god man the, the sky is is the limit so uh, I'm just I'm just doing what I'm told to do. Be a servant and help others. So right, uh, I'm I'm excited for all the things that are going forward and uh, just being injured kind of has has helped me focus on another aspect of life after football. And uh, I've been able to kind of sit back and, and do a couple more things with my foundation that I probably wouldn't have been able to do had I been playing in the game so it is still a blessing in disguise no matter how you look at it I, I would love to be playing on the field right now but at the same time I'm still having an impact in the community and having an impact in, in people's lives so right uh, that I feel like is just as important so let's make some enemies who's the worst <laughs> server who was the worst <laughs> server who dropped some trays the who worst. Dropped so a drink? nobody <laughs> dropped any trays of drinks but I will say some of those trays got a little lighter after oh, yeah? they pass by some D line. <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> Not gonna drop any names, but uh, you can it, drop some names. A, you know, we, uh, you know, I, I know uh, Kyle loves a listener, but he, <laughs> I know he's not scared to grab one of those uh, burger sushis as they nah, go by. If, if you if you haven't had cowfish, man, I encourage you to go because that place is it is delicious. Yeah, and they have some great food. It's a weird, funky combination of burger sushis mm-hmm. and. And, and desserts and milkshakes and stuff, but 
uh, man, it's unbelievable. And and they still support Coach Revere's cause as well. Uh, they they have the the Ron Revere role. Yeah. Uh, that they they've they've always been on top of helping their community. So. What kind of uh like what what's your favorite kind of food that you like like when you go out to when you and the uh-huh. wife go out for a nice date night where where are you gonna go? Man, that, that's tricky. So. We we eat cowfish so much, really, <laughs> just because oh, it's so, it's okay. delicious. So we we go there. That's kind of how we started the partnership. Was we we ate there so much. We were just like, man, we got to see yeah. if we can tag team with them. And it's funny enough, oddly, uh, the the co-owner mm-hmm. of Cowfish is a University of Texas graduate, oh, Alex Springate. So uh, we was like, oh man, once we find that out, we was like, we gotta get in touch with them uh, and, and and just go from there and. Uh, Alan has been 100% genuine and, and caring and, and helpful for us. So uh, it just it made eating at Cowfish that much more sweet. But Cowfish is one that we uh, definitely love. Love Bad Daddy's Burgers mm. as well. Uh, Terrace Cafe, yeah. uh, we like eating there. Uh, you say, do you call it Tupelo or Tupelo? I think Tupelo. Tupelo, yeah. Tupelo honey. Yeah. yeah. Uh, right, right down south, we like eating there as well. So okay. kind of, kind of good little selection. Yeah, that's not so bad. That's that's a nice selection. Mm-hmm. What about? Uh, so you're from Texas. Yep. Texas barbecue versus North Carolina barbecue. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm probably biased being from Texas. Sure. <laughs> uh, but I'm, I am a beef guy, so I love beef. In Texas, we have a ton of beef, whether it's beef ribs, uh, yeah. brisket, obviously. Uh, we do pork ribs as well, but uh, the pork out here in, in Carolina is unbelievable. And uh, that is one thing that I, I would say definitely they have a they have a hand up over Texas with mm-hmm. it is the pork and it, and it's very specialized out here whether it's the ribs or the pulled pork, uh, whatever it is you can get some type of pork put on yeah. to your your barbecue plate, and so uh, I, I give it to them there. But for the beef, I think I, I got to go back to the home state with that, and uh, it, it's definitely you can't go wrong with either one though. Yeah, are you? Uh, do you cook at all? Are you? Are you a little just bit, let other people a little cook? bit. My my wife is more the cooker in the okay, house. Okay, all right. Um, I bought a Traeger grill not too long ago though, yeah. so I, I like grilling on that. That thing smokes pretty good. Nice. Uh, I've done some like steaks and shrimps and and uh, lobster tails, stuff like that Ooh. that I've bought from uh, Publix on or the grill. Teeter. On the grill. Wow. And it is delicious. Make a little, make your own like little butter sauce. Uh, put your little seasoning in there, mix it in with your butter, and then cut your uh, cut your lobster in half, and uh, put the butter kind of right over it while it's grilling, like uh, with the what do you call that? A basking? Uh, yeah, like a little yeah basting, little basting basting brush. Basting, yeah, basting brush. Um, put it on there. Shows you how much I cook. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but put that on there, man. You can have you a great meal, and uh, it doesn't obviously have to be a Traeger, but yeah, uh, it sounds the, like you're the like one that I use. I know. Yeah. I wish they would yeah. give me a free grill trigger. <laughs> Come holler at me. I'm putting y'all on. <laughs> but uh, I, I do love that grill just because I, I've loved it so much. I have one in Texas. I bought another one out here yeah. so that I can still use it. Okay, and, so uh, now you're really you're really Now I'm really, now I'm really going. Yeah. Now I'm really Let going with it. But uh, the, the reason why I believe in it, too, is because I feel like it, it tasted better. But it, it also also helped me eat healthier because mm-hmm. uh, I can cook chicken. I can cook whatever I want on there, and it, it's still very flavorful, and it, and it has the juices. It keeps the juices in yeah. it pretty I, good rather than drying it out, Yeah, so, like baking it in the oven. So I feel like cooking at home is like it's always healthier than going out. Oh, definitely. Because you, know you know what it's going to be, and – you're, you know, you're yeah. not like and you got it exactly how you want exactly. it. You can portion it how you need to portion mm-hmm. it and, and do that. So it, it's definitely helped me eat better. Um, but I've also surprised myself with some of the things that taste better than I thought it would. Yeah. So. And it's like you're proud. You, right, you right, got, right. Hey, I, I did this. this. I did this. And then when it's gross, you just throw it away and you order Postmates. For <laughs> exactly. Fine. Exactly. I didn't, I didn't cook that one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know what that, where that came from. <laughs> not from my Traeger grill. That's for sure. Right. Traeger. <laughs> I'll take a free grill too. Right. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're all three. We got three nice grills. I'm interested. <laughs> we'll be right back with more with Fozzie Whitaker. Join us this week at the Roaring Riot Podcast as we take a look at the three bad quarters and one good quarter of the Panthers' win over the Eagles. We look ahead to the Ravens game, which will be our homecoming game. 
Special teams and Cam Newton are mentioned in the awards, and we go to the phones to hear from you. Listen to the Roaring Riot podcast on your favorite podcast app. So you're a big Houston guy. Yes, sir. I know you. Uh, I feel like I've seen like the Astros jersey. Oh yeah, I got uh, it all. Yeah, Astros, Rockets, Dynamo, all the above. What's the what's Dynamo? That's our soccer it's team. Soccer team. MLS. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, big they, time. We're big time. Team. I don't know about. You got know a championship also. Yeah. Oh really? Oh yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. Do you think Charlotte would like a soccer team? I do. Yeah, I think so. I do, and, and it's, it's. I think MLS is really growing in this country, uh, especially with with the the effects that the World Cup has had, uh, just overall. And I, I think knowledge about FIFA, knowledge about the MLS, is continually continuously increasing, and, and I think the expansion of MLS to more teams uh, definitely could be beneficial. Yeah, and definitely. I think I think Charlotte would like it. So. So they're supposed to get what? Two more expansion teams, two right? More, yeah. That? So they they they're working on one in Austin. Okay. I know the uh, they were in talks with uh, buying Columbus Crew uh, out of Ohio, but uh, the owners ended up keeping Columbus Crew. I think uh, it's actually the owner that owns the Browns as well. Okay. He owns Columbus Crew, so they're going to keep it in Columbus. He ended up working something out, but then the MLS said we're still going to open one up in Austin. So. I think they said 2021 is kind of the expected date that uh, at least that expansion team should be on the market in Austin. And um, I'm not sure if they're going to do another one around the same time or after or before or what, but I'm kind of looking forward to the one in Austin too because that's where I live. So uh, being able to take the kiddos there. I haven't been able to take them to a Dynamo game yet, but uh, it'll still be cool to take them just to sporting events in general. So. So what um you know going back to to you know what you know what you've been doing on the off season from a fir- uh, football perspective you know what are your days like now getting back on the field rehabbing and stuff yeah. like is that an everyday thing that so, you're yeah it, it's basically my schedule is kind of the same as far as just rehabbing every day I go in in the mornings uh, warm the body up uh, make sure I'm hundred percent rolled out hot tub stretching doing all that uh, and then I get into my my I guess my rehab regimen where some days I do lifts uh, where I'll do my, my heavy lift or I'll do the team lift, uh, then hit some cardio in after that, then work on my, my I guess, knee-specific drills, whether it's uh, trying to strengthen my lower quad muscles, strengthen my hamstrings, strengthen my calves, uh, doing balance work, um, doing um, all the, the biodex testing. Um, it, it's uh, – basically just a test for kinetic motion but it gives you a, a indication of where your strengths level are and kind of where you want it to be so uh so you said you you did a knee in high school too in college in college I you did a knee. in college oh i don't know if i knew that actually so yeah. has, there, has there been um any difference in the treatment since then can you tell a difference and uh i can tell the difference well first it, it was I did tear my ACL, but I did a lot more in college. I tore my ACL, MCL, lateral meniscus, and had a medial microfracture. So I, a lot of that means I just tore it up really bad. And okay. so whenever I just tore this one in May, I only did ACL. Okay. And so the biggest difference off the bat is just the amount of, of swelling and pain that I had uh, between the two injuries in college and then the one that I have now. Uh, it was nowhere near the same amount of pain. That whenever I whenever I tore my ACL in May, I thought I just maybe uh, broke up some scar tissue. Oh, really? And I was just like, oh man, I'll be all right. Might just might loosened it up a little, and I might be so better the same in the long knee? run. Same knee. Right. Whenever I did in college, boy, I was in excruciating pain. Right. <laughs> I was like, man, I don't wish that on anybody. Oh yeah. Uh, so it was a huge difference from the pain factor. Uh, and then it's a huge difference psychologically because I know the process and I know what it took to get back from and I know what I have to do in order to come back again. So uh, I'm a lot more confident going into this this uh, off season or uh, I guess after surgery process because uh, I got the experience and I and I know what to expect and I know kind of what helped me the most and kind of what maybe didn't help as much. I can focus on different types of aspects of my body um like i said being a kinesiology major uh i've really focused on studies uh trying to figure out breaking down how the body responds to certain treatments how it responds to certain exercises so uh i get 
real technical from a scientific aspect of trying to uh, get my knee back to the best possible way that it can be. Um, I go see a physical therapist also outside of uh, the Panthers mm -hmm. uh, just to just to make sure that I, I'm doing everything possible to help get me back on the field 100%. So uh, that's pretty much my day. Go in, yeah. warm up, uh, do do my, my rehab, do my weights, do my, my cardio, do my running, doing agility work, sled, pulls, pushes, uh, and then come back in and, and do treatment. Uh, ultrasound, icing, stem, uh, all those things, and then pretty much done after that. Right. Talk, talk to the teammates, talk to the guys. Um, whenever you're on IR, you're not necessarily obligated to go to film. You can if you want to. You can this be is probably a dumb question. Stuff, do you, do you, you don't travel for the away games, So we right? don't travel to but the away games. But you're here for the home games? we're here for the home okay. games. So they put us up in a press box um, Actually, next to Mr. Tepper. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> is he singing during so, the game? Because I sat right behind him, or I guess in front of him, uh -huh. and, uh, and at the Eagles game this year, and or this weekend. And uh -huh. as the Panthers, when they scored the second touchdown, the stadium started playing Tom Petty's Won't Back Down. Uh -huh. And he's, his head's like right here. And all yep. of a sudden, I just hear the box, you know, just screaming Tom Petty, which you I thought was an interesting song choice because <laughs> the Panthers were coming back, right? Won't right. Back Down. Right. So he's screaming it. Eagles fans are just losing their mind. I'm like, this is fantastic. <laughs> it's pretty cool. But seeing seeing him, he, he is very emotional about the game. Yeah. And he's into it. Yep. Uh, and he's, he gets excited on big plays and everything. So it's kind of cool. Fans love seeing that emotion. Well. You exactly. Know? Exactly. For so, sure. Uh, also, I don't know if you know this. Two years ago, um, uh, you were on our team in Cam's kickball tournament where yep. we won the championship, yep. where we beat Jano in the, oh, the yeah. finals. So that was, oh, that yeah. was our team. So – the most important question, is that knee going to be ready for July, man? Because we need you back definitely. on the field. Definitely, definitely. <laughs> yes, sir. So. Sounds like we just broke some news here on today. <laughs> yeah. Fozzie, we ready for the kickball tournament <laughs> in right. July. Do you, remember, you, you made the ca uh, catch. You went crashing over the fence. Yeah. You remember that one? I'm like, oh, my over. God. I'm like, we just killed Fozzie, but he came up with the ball. Came up with the out. ball. Hey, man, that's out. We had to get it, man. You got to sell out for the team. So, uh, But, yeah, I, I expect I am actually five months out of surgery now. Um at six months, I start doing a little bit more jogging and sprinting and uh, change of direction type stuff. Uh, and by seven months, uh, which will be in December, I should be feeling pretty good. Cool. I should be feeling pretty good. So that July time frame will give me a, uh, <laughs> give me a good window in between December Kicking and those July home runs right. again, man. <laughs> yeah. I always make that joke about Cam because people are like, well, how is he? Because you know, we, we, were, we right. went to the championship. We played for like seven hours oh, that day. So Remember, long. like Trey was on that team. Oh, Marcus Lucas was gosh. on that team. My wife yeah, we were there forever. was just like, babe, we got to go. I was like, we, I can't abandon the team. Yeah, yeah right? Of course. We're like, in the championship. <laughs> right? We're in the playoffs. We've been up here since like – 10 o'clock a.m. Yep. and finishing like yeah. 6 p.m. Oh, yeah. It's a lot more fun to play kickball than it is to watch kickball. Oh, definitely. Like, yeah. Watching oh, kickball definitely. is literally like I would rather watch paint dry than yeah. watch some, <laughs> some people had, that I don't know. We had even some with Fozzie Whitaker on the team, even with Trey, even with Cam Newton, it's like I'm all set. Like, I mean, Marcus was kicking home runs. Oh, Fozzie yeah. was. I mean, Trey was good. And then, you know, they asked had, about Cam. And it's like Cam was, Cam was one of two things. Either he was going deep because he was wearing those like, <laughs> right, big boots or he was – Popping out out of bounds to the first baseman. <laughs> it was one or the other, man. There was no in between. But, it was but he was our, he was our, our uh, wild card on the on the uh, whenever he was pitching though. Yeah. Right. So that's that was his thing, man. He had funky ways of pinching the ball. Oh yeah. He's rolling it in. So. Yeah. But I just I remember he would just pick up like a ball off the ground, like palm it. Oh yeah. You know, like someone kicked it towards the third base line. Yeah, he would just. just <laughs> Bam! And like hit a lady in her legs, and she yeah. goes. <laughs> <laughs> I just I feel like he is so competitive, and whenever he would like, whenever anybody would get a hit off of him or a kick off of him, or or he would strike or like pop out, he would be so mad. He would just be like, "Ah, come yeah. on!" He was like yelling Definitely. at the teammates. Yeah. His, his teammates, uh, his team this past year wasn't as good. Right, I saw him right. was oh, frustrated. He was, he was down like eighteen to one at one point, and he was just like. <laughs> I saw Dwight uh, <laughs> Dwight Howard is giving the pep talk like can't right. quit man yeah <laughs> and if, yeah. when you're getting a can't quit pep talk from Dwight Howard that's it's that's low when you know it's yeah, real. it's low yeah, yeah. <laughs> um so what do you what are you seeing I mean obviously you're not you're you're out there at practice every day you're on mm -hmm. the sidelines for the home games and are in the press box what are you seeing from this team and and what do you think how did they compare to previous years maybe like uh you know, 2015, obviously, mm -hmm. is their, was the best season. How does this team compare to that team? So, 
uh, we're we're younger now, and uh, we got a little more inexperience, I would say, in in certain areas. But I think we are uh, either either more talented or just as talented as we were in '15. Uh, but it, it's going to have to come through learning, and I think we took a big step uh, forward from from uh whenever we played Washington almost the exact same situation and scenario played out in the gameplay except this time we were able to finish and come out with the win in Philadelphia so it shows you just in one week uh the opportunity that we had to learn from our mistakes and, and try to make it better obviously I would love for our offense and defense to play the way that they did sure. all game yeah right uh but we know that 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 won't be the case and um seeing us grow from the Washington loss and, and winning in Philadelphia in a hostile environment and being able to take care of business, uh, put up 21 points unanswered in the fourth quarter, that, that's unreal. Yeah. And and seeing that progression and, and taking that next step to be elite, uh, that's what we have to do. And we know uh, other teams have done it, and uh, it's time for us to continue to do it and, and make that step to, to bringing a championship to this city. So I think um, we are more talented or just as talented as that 15 team, and I think we just have to continue to get uh, more time together and continue to gel together. But uh, we are explosive, man. Right. We are explosive, and that's offense and defense. Mm -hmm. and, and the guys we have, the special team rules kind of have changed a few things on kickoff. Uh, but punting, man, we, we have a great opportunity to win some games there. And obviously, Drano has done what he's done over the past few years, man. He, he's he's a weapon for us, man. Yeah. Being able to put up points from almost anywhere on the field once we cross the 50. So, uh, it, it's it's. I haven't heard that nickname before, by Drano. the way. Drano. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so, I stole that from Toe. Uh, when uh, Tober used to call him Drano, obviously, because he, he's so accurate. Right. And, and he can – kick the ball from anywhere and basically make it uh and his leg is so powerful so toll always called him drano, drano. and ever since i've been here since 14 I, I've, I've kept the nickname alive and, and i still call him drano just because man he, he's done such a great job for yeah, us and that's uh, fun i think i think our team is is really headed in the right direction and coach always says man you want to be heading in the right direction and you want to start peaking in november december and, and carry that into the playoffs, right. and uh, I think that's kind of in the position that we're headed right now. Being four and two, uh, we got a great opportunity to continue to win and, uh, and and just give us opportunity to to first win our division, and then start competing for the conference, and then be the ones to represent the NFL at the end of the year. Right. So you know, Shaq said after the game that it was a statement win. Um, you know, I'm paraphrasing Cam, but you know, he's basically saying it was a confidence build, builder and, and, and something that you guys can build off of. As a player, when you come back, you know, after a game like that, I mean, how much are you really thinking? Like, you know, we can do this. We can beat anybody. You know, we can. You know, we have it in us to, to beat the world champ, defending world champs, and their place right. being down by 17 with less than 12 minutes to go. Like, how much does that really play a part in how you feel and your preparation going for the rest it, of the season? It plays a lot, and, and I say that because. Usually, you come off a statement win like that, uh, you want to keep that momentum going, and you want that surge to continue into the next game, and then to the next game, and then to the next game. Because you can see that in 15 as you guys right, kept going, and, like and that 15, confidence was just going. And, and, but even before that, in my first year in 14, man, we started off true dismal. I, I don't even remember what it was. I blacked it uh, out. I blacked <laughs> it, it was, out until that New Orleans I, game. I can't remember. <laughs> I think we were somewhere. It was like three <laughs> – six and one or something like yeah. three seven and one that's where we were and we went on a run that just we got into november got into december and we just made a run and we were able to make it to the playoffs win the wild card game and obviously we lost seattle after that but it was another learning experience and another stepping stone for us and we continued to go off of the previous game so i think we lost to minnesota in 14 and then we came back had a statement win after that, and then that statement win propelled the us game. to go yep. exactly, Smoked and it propelled the us to go dome. to 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 greater heights. You know, at the following the uh, the the rest of the season. So, right. I think this is an opportunity for us to continue to jump on. Like I said, 21 points in the last 12 minutes of the game shows you what our offense is capable of, and, and it shows you that our defense can can obviously ball out, create turnovers, create pressure, right. uh, do the things that they've done. Uh, 
traditionally since I've been here, for sure. We've always been a top-ranked defense, and uh, we know that our offense is explosive, so we just got to take that into account and play that way like we know how to play. And uh, Coach Rivera always says, don't, don't play down to your opposition, uh, but play to the level and the capabilities that you know how to play to because that's the only way you're going to get the most out of yourself. And so uh, regardless of who we play, whether it was Washington, whether it was Philadelphia, whether it be Baltimore this week, uh, we just have to play our game. And I think if we execute the game plan and, and we do what we're supposed to do, that gives us the best opportunity to win for sure. And, and I think just that momentum helps carry us to it being being back home uh, being able to play in front of the, the fans here off an emotional win, I, th I think it's a great opportunity to continue to create a statement. And, and Baltimore is a good team. So right, for sure. Uh, it, it'll be a definitely another test coming from playing the world champs to playing a, a great Baltimore team, and it, it'll be fun to see. So, Well, I hope our fans get excited for this weekend. Eight years ago when the Ravens were here, it was one of the, the worst takeovers. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, that was Bryant St. Pierre was the quarterback mm -hmm. at that point, and I think Panther fans had, had thrown in the towel. Um, so, you know, we're looking to – be strong this weekend, defend Definitely. the house. It's our Roaring Riot homecoming this weekend. Oh, yeah. So basically oh, yeah. we encourage any of our members, they can only come back to one game, come back to this game. We set up a bunch of events for the whole weekend. And uh, so it's nice coming off the Eagles win, going into that, and everybody be pumped up to be here this weekend. So I know I'm excited about yes, it. Sir. Yes, Absolutely. sir. I think, it's, I think it's a chance for – I feel like any time that the team gets to play multiple good teams in a row, you get a chance to kind of get in a roll – and play up to that competition, right, you know, right. because you you're gonna have to play three, three or four playoff teams in a row in exactly. order to win the Super Bowl. So you may as well get used to there's no bunnies exactly. in the playoffs. Knowing, learning how to win, and, yeah, and that's something that you have to do. And, and Coach Rivera talks about that too. The winning doesn't just come just because you show up on the field, but you got to actually know how to win and learn how to win and, and take those games over at the end like we did against Philly. So, uh, like I said, it just gives us another opportunity to continue to learn and grow as a team. What is it about that that no huddle, that fast-paced up-tempo mm -hmm. that helps Cam so much? You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. It feels like he gets in that rhythm. Well, well first off, uh, man, I, I got to highlight it just because Cam is, Cam is, is who he is, man. He, he – he has so much on his plate. Yeah. But seeing the way that he handles it and runs the offense the way that he does, going from uh, being a huddle team and then going in the fourth quarter to straight no huddle, it just shows you how well that uh, Coach Turner has instilled him to be a leader. Uh, he already had those qualities, but seeing the way that he's the field general, it, it shows, and then it shows you how much we have to put our trust in the Coach Turner uh, because everybody has to be on the same page whenever you're running no huddle. Uh, otherwise, the the play can end in, in total disaster. So right. uh, with no huddle, everybody got to know the calls. Everybody has to know the signals. Everybody has to know, uh, you know, what they're doing and, and be on the same page as far as the game plan is concerned. So uh, doing that, it, it, it creates a weapon for us because the defense, first off, doesn't have time to sub. So if guys are out there winded and gassed, they don't have time to sub or they risk getting a penalty if they do. Um, second off, it changes the tempo of the game. Uh, sometimes it can hurt you. Sometimes it, it'll be great for us. But I think the way that we've been running it the past couple of weeks, uh, it gives us opportunity to mix it in anywhere we want to, to, to dictate the pace of the game and, and get it to go how we want it to go. And uh, <clears throat> subs, pace of the game. And then third, uh, it, it just gives you opportunity to continue to play fast. You have a, a set number of plays that you run out of this. You don't have to overthink anything. We know what it is. You just go line up and play and, yeah. and come back, get the next play, play. Just go. Right. Just go. Just go. So uh, I think that's one thing that I love about Coach Turner and this no-huddle offense. Is it just gives opportunity for us to, to go fast, make plays, play instinctually. And uh, it keeps the defense out there. So I think it wears them down a little bit more also. What percentage of the playbook is is available in that no huddle? You said it's it's a smaller playbook. I mean, you obviously so, like ballpark. yeah, I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't, I couldn't even put a put a percentage on it. Yeah, it's it's a large percent that we can run, 
out of no huddle, but obviously in the game plan, there are only certain amount of plays that we use out of the entire gotcha. playbook. That makes sense. And then we have a set number of plays that we always can call, whether it's in two minute drill or whether it's uh, or whether it's just a no huddle package. So it, it's all game plan and it, and it's game specific depending on who we're playing. Uh, so I don't I don't really have it, it changes throughout the week. Yeah. So I don't really have a, a percentage number, but um, just throughout practice, it, it I think it just is an indication. It shows you how much work we have to put in in order to be ready for a, a new team, a new defense, mm-hmm. new calls, new plays are put in every single time. So it, it, it's it, it's pretty cool just seeing the 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 way that obviously we have to be professionals, but seeing it play out, you know. From, from the outside looking in uh, whenever I'm not playing and being in a box and then seeing, right. seeing it actually run how it's supposed to be run, man, it, it's just a cool feeling to know that all this work is paying off. Definitely. Does it does it give you, like, a new perspective on the game? Like, do you feel like after watching it from a season in the box <clears throat> that you can go in next year and kind of have a little bit of a different view on it? So definitely uh from from the aspect because whenever you're from the box you you just get to see more versus being on the sideline you can Mm kind of see plays develop you can kind of notice what's happening here things that you kind of wouldn't just be able to tell from being on the sideline so i see a couple couple things different uh from that aspect but at the same time being on the sideline gets you a a closer look at what's really going on right uh so it kind of is i guess hit or miss but overall um, I, I think it's kind of cool just seeing the development of the plays happen and, and you can see the entire field and the, and the entire scope of things. So uh, especially you see a play that we run in the first quarter and then we run a play action or we run a different play off of that same play and it goes for big money in the fourth quarter. Uh, you can kind of see that progression throughout the game. Mm-hmm. So that from that aspect, it is pretty cool from where the play callers are sitting at. So, yeah. I mean, great example of that is the screen pass that you took for a touchdown against New England last year. Mm-hmm. They fake to McCaffrey, and the whole defense goes this right, way. Right, And then on your side of the field, like, uh, I think it was Tyler Larson. Somebody was just, like, running down the field yeah. looking for somebody to block. <laughs> like, just. Yeah, Ed was in front of me. Yeah. <laughs> Ed was just, like, I don't know what to do. Just, <laughs> just go. Yeah, just celebrate. <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, that was fun, for sure. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> well, Fozzie, thank you so much for, for joining yes, us sir. here on It Is What It Is. We really I do have one more question. Oh, yep. all right. Yep. So yep. I apologize. Sorry, I meant to jump in with these. Well, I meant, to slide, <laughs> I, meant, I meant to slide it in when we were talking about Houston, but I I, oh, okay. I wanted to know, like, what are your thoughts on that CP3 Rondo brawl? Yeah, that oh, man. man. That was wild, right? I, that was very wild. <laughs> First off, I'm surprised um, it, it got to that point, honestly. Right. And well, you I could tell Ingram know. was getting a little chippy. Yeah, he was, he was getting, getting chippy. Right. I don't, I don't know what Ingram's his a deal. Punk. I don't like Duke. Well, he went to Duke. <laughs> I agree with you. I don't, I don't know what his full deal was for for pushing James Harden the way that he did, and then coming in and throwing a punch at uh, Chris Paul afterwards. I don't, I don't know what was happening. Maybe they were jawing back and forth and stuff. But so they were saying that that I think that Paul was saying that Rondo was spitting him, or he did at least yeah. that that altercation. Well, I saw that part. So I don't know if it was deliberate or not. I didn't know why Ingram came in. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, sorry. Did, yep. I'm saying so. Mm-hmm. It was it, that part is is so random to me because I'm not sure what was said, why he pushed James Harden the way that he did, and then why he threw the punch at Chris Paul the way that he did. Right. I'm assuming he was just defending his teammate whenever he threw the punch at James Hart. I mean at uh, Chris Paul, but he came all the way from midcourt. Yeah, it was was, was so it was so strange to me, and I don't know if his frustration just got the best of him, and it kind of just stemmed from there. I don't know, but uh, so he got suspended for four games. Uh, Rondo obviously got suspended for three, and uh, that whole altercation, man. That's I think that's one of the most disrespectful signs you can do is spit in somebody's face. For sure. Um, and I think Chris Paul, obviously, you don't want to see your leader have to have to let the emotions get the best of them. But anytime somebody kind of disrespects you, you're you still that, a man in that <laughs> nature, right? You got to you got to protect yourself almost. Right. So um, that that brawl escalated 
to a point. You don't you don't ever want to see that happen, obviously. In sports, you don't, but, but I also feel like the NBA was like, well, you know, with LeBron being right, in right. L.A., Houston, right. you know, being the 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 West champs, it's mm-hmm. like, eh, you know, not terrible for ratings, right? Yeah. Yeah. Or, yeah. The, or the rivalry right. between right. those two, right. you know, it kind of so. builds it up. So from that aspect, man, it, it definitely is a good media play on it to right. to kind of get the next time the Lakers and the Rockets play. This is what happened last time. Yeah. Um, let's see what happens this time. Absolutely. Type deal. So that West uh, is wild, man. <laughs> it is. All those teams out there. It, it is a lot going on. In the <laughs> yeah, way, so. yeah. I mean, they're not as good as the three and one Charlotte Hornets <laughs> with true. the Eastern Conference Player of the Week on it, but no big deal. I mean, <laughs> Did you mean the the two and two Charlotte Hornets? Because they they definitely oh, yeah, lost right. to Toronto well, last just, night well, by a I lot. Just, I was thinking that maybe we would uh, we would record this and and put it out yesterday oh. when they might have won <laughs> in some sort of alternate universe where they would have beaten the Raptors. <laughs> Didn't quite work out that way. Yep. Um, Fozzie, thank you so much. Yeah, uh, thanks, Fozzie. Where can yes, people sir. find out some more stuff like uh, Twitter, Instagram? So my, my Twitter handle and my Instagram handle is Fozzie Witt. That's F-O-Z-Z-Y-W-H-I-T-T. Uh, you can follow that. I also have the links within that to okay. uh, my foundation website, uh, Fozzie'sFutureHeroes.com. Um, you can go on my Instagram, you can go on my Twitter, or you can just go type in that website um, and that'll link you to our nonprofit page. Um, and if you want to connect with me, those are those are kind of the three parameters that I use, Instagram, Twitter, and, and the website. And if you're on Instagram, you may see an Instagram story from the circus yesterday. Yeah, 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 we went to the circus. How uh, was it? It was pretty cool. So yeah. the Garden Burroughs Circus was in the uh, Bojangles uh, Coliseum. Yeah. Uh, yesterday and today they're in. So um, took my son. They had a ticket, buy one, get one free ticket at his school. So yeah. we were able to get him in for free, just paid two adult tickets. Let's talk after the show. Right, I'm right, interested. right. I like, <laughs> like, exactly. I, I certainly like a deal. And uh, it was it was pretty cool. So it's a, it's a smaller circus um, that, that has, a, I don't know how many acts. They probably had probably about 12, 13 different acts um, throughout and, and – it is crazy to see the amount of talent mm-hmm. that people have, man. It, it was they had a juggling ring leader in, in the middle of the of the show that was he was showing out, man. <laughs> he was showing out. Then you had a guy that was rolling suitcases with his feet, like like flipping a suitcase, full size suitcase yeah. just with his feet. Had like a little foam roller thing. He was running on it, like <laughs> on his back. Like it was, it was. I've always was wondered, amazing. like, how do you know you have that talent? I was like, wondering that too. And I was, <laughs> let me like, just try this and see if I can do it. <laughs> let me see if I can flip a suitcase. Oh, nope, it fell on my head. Yeah. Never mind. That's not for me. It is crazy what <laughs> what the things that they were doing. Had a guy, he put this um, like harness on his body, and it was attached to a pole that had a, a little mini motorcycle that went into circles while he was balancing it on his on his shoulders like it, it was unreal so some of those things i was able to post on, yeah. on my instagram posts uh they had your elephants. son enjoyed it he was into oh it? he enjoyed it yeah. him, him and my daughter and they uh they they had a blast you got to ride the elephants uh during intermission they let all the kids come down on the uh circus floor and they blow up uh, the what you call those those little like moonwalkers and the, and the bouncy houses right right they blow two of them up let the kids run at it you buy little tickets you can ride on the elephant um, you can uh, do a little uh, Shetland pony ride around get your face painted cotton candy obviously um, uh, souvenirs everything of that nature but it, it was really cool to see that and yeah. and like I said I was really more so fascinated by the talent that oh, these yeah. people had and, and put it on display. Um, I love animals. I'm not a huge fan of circus animals yeah. uh, just because I, the conditions that they are in, I'm not sure how they're kept. I don't want to talk down on Garden Bro Circus or any other circus because I don't know how they keep the animals, but uh, just the bad stigma about animals sure. at the circus. But at the same time, I didn't know when I was going to be able to ride on an elephant again. So, <laughs> yeah, true. so I did. I did buy shot, a ticket you know? and, I, and I put the kiddos with with me on the elephant. Yep. So from that aspect, it, it was it, that was amazing. Yeah, uh, to be able to just do a little elephant ride. So uh, overall, man, it was a great experience, and I think the kids and, and my wife and I had fun. Yeah, and just to be clear, we are not sponsored by the Garden Borough Circus, <laughs> but. Right. We are available, so I would take some tickets. For me <laughs> exactly. And my wife. Exactly. I would also like to ride those elephants. <laughs> Thank you guys so much, Zach. Where can they find you on the internet? I am at uh, Roaring Riot Z 
I think both on Instagram and Twitter. That's through, that's where I do uh, most of my hanging out. So you can find me there, or yeah, or if, not. If you wanna, I don't have a lot of good things to say. So you know. <laughs> yeah, it's, if you wanna if you wanna make Zach angry, uh, tweet him the phrase Panther Nation. He or ask me at 9 a.m. Sunday where the, the tailgate is. Sure. Yeah, that's also oh, good. That's, that's also one of my favorite thing things. Yeah. What time does the tailgate start today? Or send us an email at 2.15 p.m. on Sunday. Nobody yeah. likes that. <laughs> uh, my name's Josh Klein. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Josh Klein Rules. Thank you for coming to It Is What It Is. Zach, Josh, Fozzie, thank you so much. We really appreciate it. And yes, we will sir. see you next time on It Is What It Is on the Riot Network. Powered by Ortho Carolina. We'll see you next time. Sometimes I like to talk as the music comes in and fades up. Don't take off your headphones. Where's yet. that, where's that button? Yeah, okay. <laughs> Is it this one? Yeah, we'll just-